right, guys. It's finally here. The CXOJ, Chloe, XO, Josh, and this is our YouTube channel. Welcome, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Have a seat and welcome to our lovely abode. Absolutely. <laughs> love it. Love it here at the at the loft here. So we have a very important topic to discuss. So first of all, rest in power, brother Kevin Samuels. We appreciate you while you were here. Right? Yes, sir. Yes, and, sir. <laughs> you know, I saw this clip because, you know, it was on YouTube at work while doing work, obviously, in the background. And I was like, oh, this is something that we can talk about because we've always wanted to react to things, but never actually did it. So now we're actually doing it, which is fantastic. So, Chloe. Yes, sir. When it comes to courting, what does it mean to you being a woman and identifying with being a woman? What age range are we talking? Let's say 18 up. Okay, so courting, um, I would say is... It's kind of like a test run. <laughs> it's to see if your values are aligned, what your goals are, you know, what's your master plan. Mm. And if you can mesh with the other person, like if you guys are actually like aligned to be creative expanders in this world, like are you guys ready for a potential to expand and create together? I, I look at that as court and on a deeper level, right? Um, if we're thinking about courting for the purposes of marriage and building legacy, um, if we're talking about courting um, in the other sense, I guess the more modern sense of courting, dating, I guess you can call it, wouldn't be called courting. You mean uh, hanging and banging? Hanging and, you know, slinging. Uh, <laughs> I think that is more about, I guess it's still, I guess you can say there's a byline of like what your individual goals are. Um, in being in a courtship or being in a dating sphere, I would say. So, you know, people have different goals. Some people just have a goal of having fun for the night. Some people just have a goal of, you know, having a friend and a companion to chill with when they are on downtime. Some people want a distraction um, from, you know, things going on in their life. So it does depend on your individual goals and if those align with the other person's individual goals that you're entering in this partnership with, then usually it's copacetic and doesn't end badly. But <laughs> if you guys are now on the same page and one person that, you know, has a set of goals and the other person's set of goals are just completely opposite and don't align, that usually ends up in the toxic category, I would say. That's true. But unfortunately, toxic is uh, fun now. It's all the rage. It's what all the kids are doing. And, you know, back, you know, back in the in the days, you know, there were times where I feel like people really enjoyed being toxic because you were. I guess our generation has the mindset that we're not going to do this with our significant other. Might as well do it now. Unfortunately, if you get hooked on the drama, then that becomes your lifestyle. And then that becomes your reputation because that's who you are, unfortunately. And to add to or build on what you're saying, a lot of people did grow up in toxic situations. I actually shared a video in a group, our group chat today, and it's about a woman who um, was very candid. And she was talking about how her relationship with her husband, um, she thought he didn't love her. 
Because when she grew up, she was used to like love being slamming doors and screaming and all this passion and telenovela stuff um, or, you know, love and hip hop stuff. And her husband was just very secure, safe and stable. And she didn't respect that. Like she felt like he didn't love her because she was so used to the toxic. Um, So that's like a whole nother deeper level to that toxicity. In addition to it being cool, right? Everything, all the media is like, oh yeah, be toxic. Go, you know, if he cheats on you, go, you know, throw some bleach on his Jordans. <laughs> like, scratch up his car, you know, call what, up your girlfriend. What, what did the Jordans or the car do to her? It's, Nothing. It's the sentimental value that it holds to him, right? So she trying to get her get back um, as per these, you know, messages that they're trying to get people to be involved in. And not thinking of the repercussions. Like, girl, you're going to go to jail. Like, who wants to be in jail? <laughs> He's going to get his money back and you're going to be in jail with a whole bunch of females. Like, I don't get it. Petty gang. Petty gang. But, but you know, most people don't get locked up when they do that stuff, allegedly. So I guess that just, you know, reinforces the culture of stab and grab Wow. <laughs> Stab the tires and run. The, the only thing I can say to that is... <laughs> you people are so petty and tiny. You morsels. Really? I mean, come on. That I mean, that's not going to do anything because, because they're material things. They're replaceable. Yes. And the thing about it is the toxic, right? So people grow up in this toxic stuff. And it's sad to say, but men like that toxic stuff too. Like the girl who went and slashed her tire, the man's tires, he's crawling, you know, begging her back. Because usually toxic stuff comes with a whole another, you know, can of worms or baggage. Or uh, let's say Pandora's box. Pandora's box. Yeah. Can of worms, Pandora's box, the box, whatever you want to say. Okay, Roddy Rick. <laughs> and, you know, it gets a little complicated when you about that drama and about that life. And a lot of times... Younger people in the dating sphere, we'll call it, they just see that stuff on TV and they see it in real life and they see the results that their friends are getting from being toxic and they it looks positive from the outside looking in. So they just, you know, kind of I mean, the continue. Ba- I would say in the, in the modern <laughs> era, in the IG era, the basis of toxicity will do, be one of the things to give you clout and create clout, right? It's like, what are you willing to do to become famous. So if you add that element into your lifestyle, then of course you're going to be seeking the most toxic and drama possible. Yeah. It's, you know, they like the adrenaline rush. I feel like when you're young, you just like living life on the edge. A lot of people, <laughs> they just like, I'm not living unless I'm living, like unless I'm close to death. And I feel like the older we get, you're supposed to grow out of that, like fear of not the, the absence of fear of death or consequences. And it looks, it appears to be a lot of people never leave that stage. And then they just raise children to be in that stage mm. forever. So it's like a continuous cycle of trauma and toxicity and reinforced trauma and toxicity. That's inherited. <laughs> Cause let's not forget if we look at some, uh, scientific evidence each day you you get to see how much data is actually stored within our dna is significantly more than you may conceptually believe right now so things like you know bad bad habits 
So not only are they more prone to have that because of the DNA and, and that habit or having that, let's say, addictive personality, you see that passed down in generations, unfortunately, right? But at the same time, I feel that you can always turn the negative into positive consciously, right? So imagine you do have that addictive personality <laughs> that runs in your family and it runs in a lot of our families, if uh-huh. we're being honest, right? If you're able to turn that into like, you know, you're, you become addicted to hard work, you can make that an immense positive and add value to their life if you know that that's a possibility, right? And then if you teach them a, let's say, a balance and moderation and effective coping mechanism as they're socially, emotionally growing, yes, right? <laughs> then it's you have a, a lot better possibility for the wonderful values that you're you know, instilling in your children to allow, they can grow on, on themselves by having them apply it in real life, which I think is the goal, right? So like when you raising kids, that's essentially, you know, teaching them how to drive. Mm -hmm. So they got to learn the rules of the road. Why it is that way? Why, why that person has the right of way when you have the right of way, right? Because sometimes we, uh, we can read a situation incorrectly, right? (laughs) And thus be in a delusional reality, which can be incredibly dangerous under certain circumstances. So identifying those moments in real time, I think, is incredibly key. And experience just trumps all, I feel like. So it's like, yeah, you, you can tell people blah, 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 like, oh, do this. I did it like this. And this is what you should look out for. And this is what you shouldn't look out for. And there's always exceptions to the rule. We always have to remember that. Like, it's never 100%. You're always going to find a success story, no matter what the case. And you're always going to find a failure story, no matter what the case. Even if they had a road paved out for them in the rule book, somebody's going to fail. And if if they didn't have the rule book and they didn't have it paved out, someone's going to succeed. So, yeah, it's a game of chances, right? But I've, like, you know, to piggyback of what you were saying, like, the more prepared you are, (laughs) the better your chances. So the more tools you have in your toolbox, or, you know, let's not say toolbox. I don't know. What's another? In your arsenal. In your arsenal. I don't know. Something more feminine than a toolbox. The reason why we're saying this is because we firmly believe that the more experience that you have, and it doesn't have to be your own experience, but the more knowledge that you have about a particular subject, you can broach that subject better. It's always better to have more information before you make a decision because then you're able to make the decision that has the better outcome. An informed decision. <laughs> An informed decision. This new, uh, this newfound belief <laughs> concept. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, you, we, we learn from each other and we learn from the world. And the whole point of having these conversations is just to share people's experiences and how they did it. So maybe you can take what you need to take and leave what you need to leave. It's like grocery shopping, right? You go to the grocery store. You know, sometimes you go to the grocery store, you get exactly what you need from the grocery store. <laughs> like you got a list, everything's ready. You're not forgetting anything. And the other times, like what often I do is I go to the grocery store hungry or Target, right? And you end up buying everything on the list. <laughs> I mean, everything that you uh, want to get and then you get in the car and you're driving home you're like oh snap I drove all the way to Target and I didn't even I didn't even get what I came for but 
it's, you know, it just depends on where you are to receive the information, right? If you're in hunger mode, you're there just to get some food or whatever to satisfy that craving. But if you're in a space to learn or a space to shop uh, productively, you're going to do that. So no one's here to force information out your throat. <laughs> We're just here to share our experience, which changes. I think that I've never been a person to say, and I'm very firm in my beliefs of things, I think. I'm like, because I do a lot of research and I'm like, oh, I know this. And I could really feel that 100,000%. But then I'll have a new experience and I'm like, oh, that's the perspective I didn't consider when I was 100% in that thought mindset. So now I've evolved, right? We're not here to stay the same we were last year <laughs> or yesterday even. If you're presented with new information, you use that and you can change your mindset. It's a growth mindset here. It's very wise, Chloe. So with that in mind, when we review or respond, let's say, to this Kevin Samuels clip, what did you have in mind when, when viewing it? <sighs> so I think with the perspective of our relationship and, and where we're headed together. Um, I viewed this and it was one of the things that we both were talking about is how we viewed it from a lens of a person about to raise a child. <laughs> Very wise. Yep. <laughs> Not that we're expecting, but yeah, but that's just where our mindset is at this moment. Okay. So I'm going to roll the clip. Here we go. So here are some things that guys need to watch out for when they're dating, regardless of the size of your pocketbook or your dreams or aspirations. And ignore these things at your peril because just like all the great men of antiquity, the Bible, and in the past, a woman can either help, but oftentimes the wrong woman can throw a man completely into chaos. Start off with this one. She wants to be courted. Yeah, she wants to be courted. Now I know there's some guys are probably thinking, hey, Kevin, you kind of talk like a traditional man. What's wrong with her wanting to be courted? Nothing if she's truly a traditional woman. But typically women want to be courted because they want all the benefits of traditional femininity and gender roles, but they ain't bringing none of that stuff to the table. This is just another way of asking you to simp. Very few westernized women deserve to be courted. I say it again, very few westernized women deserve to be courted. You guys fought for equality, you're my equal, you wanted equal pay, you wanted equal rights, well you need to get equal lefts. You wanted to be courted, that ain't gonna happen. We are equals, deal with it. Thank feminism one on one, your mamas and your grandmamas, this is the world. Ladies, if you're watching, understand this is what men are on the lookout for, so if you're asking some guy to court you, what are you bringing to the table other than sex and debt? So I just want to give a preface to this uh, review. We are specifically talking about women in this review, right? What men should look out when they're dating women currently. This is not about women per se. <laughs> this advice that Kevin's giving is not for women. It's for men. So let's just keep that in the back of our minds as we keep an open mind about this information that's very interesting <laughs> considering kevin also prefaced his words as well saying just that uh, i mean some people hear it with their emotions some people don't hear it with their emotions that is completely accurate so it's good to you know as a educator or a person who's speaking to the audience you should definitely say things more than once in my opinion <laughs> in different ways because it's not going to resonate the words are not going to resonate 
the same with each person. So it's good to kind of say the same thing different ways. So, yeah, I'm just re-saying this is advice for our future son if we are blessed with one. And what we would tell our son and what we might not tell our son based on our review of, this, of these uh, tips on dating. Absolutely. So since we're talking about courting as the first thing that, you know, Kevin talked about, the first red flag that she wants to be courted, right? I feel like a great skill to teach our son and perhaps your son, right? Your future son is to how to accurately and properly with consistency identify women who are worthy of courtship because as Kevin alluded to, not all women are eligible for courtship. And that's just the reality. And unfortunately there are a lot of, uh, let's say delusional realities promote it in the media and unfortunately you are what you consume so if you consistently consume this delusional reality it then becomes your reality and then you're living in a parallel universe thinking where something is one way when it's actually another so to prevent that from happening <laughs> i think the best way is to identify the actual truth right so these are the women who are you should avoid if you're looking for, let's say, something long term, these are the type of women that you want to be, you know, uh, in, not interested in, but keeping an eye out for or observing and be like, oh, OK, that's that's what that looks like in real life type of thing. And then you're able to make a more informed decision, because as Chloe alluded to, sometimes when courting, it could be for long term or short term. That depends on the mindset you are at that moment. Right. And your preferences. And, you know, even though we're not talking about uh, women specifically, the advice, if we have our, you know, future daughter as well, would be how do you elicit courtship from a man that you actually desire and you prefer? And you also maintain that value in the dating marketplace, because that is key to the type of man you will attract. And that's the reality. Yes. <clears throat> so, dear Kevin, rest in peace. <laughs> a lot of women did not mess with Kevin Samuels. I kind of could get it. Like, I can get it because he's, a, you know, he emotionally draws people into these polarized positions to, based on the word of the day. Typical Pisces stuff. Um, <laughs> just saying. But, I mean, specifically for this list, tongue in cheek, you know. He's, sp he's spitting facts. I'm going to just say he's spitting facts. And if we want to be real and we want to be objective, if you just look around, and I think before we even get into this, we need to discuss what is courting. Because our definition from our generation is completely different of courting from 2022, I could say. I mean, things that I've heard. Well, <laughs> I would say that's because people don't understand courtship or are not concerned. So I think the, let's say the, not the, let's say, Victorian definition, right? <laughs> but perhaps, let's say, the, the 1900s, even though that was just like the last <laughs> millennia, which is crazy. But the 19... We were the, born in the The 1900s, right? Yeah, we're definitely millennials. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the old 1900s. <laughs> 1900s. Way back in the day. <laughs> let's say in the 19... Between the 1950s. Let's say post... Uh, 
World War Two. So let's say the baby boomer generation and let's say their parents and, you know, and, and let's say that that's that's zero and you can go, you know, back further or mm-hmm. perhaps a little further because things typically changed in the 70s. Well, let's say the 60s and the 70s because you had all these modern, you know, radical ideas about, you know, uh, the uh, the sexual liberation, mm-hmm. things like, you know, feminism, things like civil rights. So a lot of these things, a lot of these new concepts were, you know, were changing the way people courted themselves. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think that's uh, important to, you know, go back in history and observe what happened and then see how certain decisions and certain things led to the outcome and the reality that we have presently and <laughs> how that history could also repeat itself. Cause you know, history ebbs and flows just like the music industry, something that's popular 20 years ago might be popular now. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, time is cyclical in, in my opinion, just from my experience things, you know, have an ebb, ebb and flow like a, like a wave. So you'll have up and down just like, you know, just like the stock market type of thing. So in addition to what you're saying, to bring it back to, you know, 99s to 2000s, <laughs> let's talk about women's rights and equality and how that's affected courtship Ooh. from my specific. Okay, so I would say we're the last generation of we're kind of like in the middle. It's like half of us are super traditional and we have those traditional expectations. Like I, I respectfully would not say half at this point. Okay, maybe I'm saying from our generation, like most women that I grew up with, we're not pulling out our credit card to pay for nobody's date. Like we will be sitting at the table staring at each other. Like it's just, it's just you just don't, if a man asks you out on a date, you just don't reach for your wallet. Just don't. It's just, it's just impolite. Because if a man's asking you on a date, clearly he wants to take you out. So why would you reach for your wallet? But then there's this like new age, you know, you're hip if you reach for your wallet and ask to pay for half or pay for dinner. I could never. It's like mind blown. Like, where is this going in this whole woman's equal? Oh, woman's equal to a man. So she should be paying for the date. It's so weird to me. Like, I'm not about that life. Like, I'm just not. I just feel like it. It emasculates the man who's asking you. And it's weird because the women at the same time, you want to put out your card and pay, but you want him to lead. It's just very confusing. And I think that the the people after us are even more confused than we are because they're told so many different messages about dating. Like, for instance, we went out with our cousin, well, my cousins over the weekend, went to a vineyard, shout out to... Darren for hosting and Ani Vaughn. Y'all are lit. <laughs> we went to Old York Cellar um, and we did like a family VIP access type of wine tasting event. It was so bougie and so bad, um, but in a good way. But long story short, we were talking about dating and one of my younger cousins was there who will remain nameless. And he was talking about how some woman he just met <laughs> told him, just started dating. They never even like went out on a date. They're just talking. Sends him a link of a of a bag that costs ten thousand dollars, and it's like, oh, I want this for X holiday or Christmas or whatever. Like, what in the world? Are like, what are these expectations? Well, it's uh, set from dating apps because. Even when they started in, let's say, all the way back in Plenty of Fish or OK or or OK Cupid, right? Way mm-hmm. like way back then, you still had 
you know, let's say ladies soliciting certain items because perhaps they looked a certain way. And, you know, if if you're a guy who doesn't get any any birds, right? But you got bread, is that a is that a fair exchange for you? Is that a transactional exchange that you'd be willing to do to get some experience? So I agree, but it's just the it's okay. So there's always been women like that. Sure. But the approach is just so different now. Like a woman would never, a woman who was about that life, a gold digger, they're not going to be coming out of their mouth and be like, oh, yeah, you better buy me this $10,000 bag. It's not like that. It was, it was suggested. It would be like, oh, it's expected because they just, it's an unspoken agreement. And, you know, usually men who solicit those type of women, they know that they know it's an unspoken agreement. And I feel like now in this dating sphere, there is no unspoken agreement because everyone's so confused. It's like with friends with benefits situation or like guy friends and girlfriends and, you know, platonic friendships or friends with benefits. There's like all these different labels for things, but there's no clear definition of what things are. So it could be like what's courting or what's dating. If, if a girl sleeps with a man and he never calls her back, she might be thinking they're dating. And they never even went out on a date. It's true. So it's like so confusing. And there's no, I feel like when we were growing up, there was a byline. Like if a man takes you to dinner, he's expecting you to sleep with him. It's just, if a man takes you on a trip, he's expecting you to sleep with him. I would, now, say, I would say the trip more Maybe than the trip. Yeah. But dinner, he wants to. He's like, this is his first step in trying to sleep with you. But, or, or seeing if you're worth, you know. Or seeing if you're worth a relationship to, or, or you know any any <laughs> time energy attention any or resources at all but it's like we had those rules we had those understandings and i feel like the kids now the kids now old stuff the people now <laughs> were actively dating and in this the whippersnappers the whippers the young whippersnappers they confused and it's like we're confused so we can't even give them the correct data to navigate specifically I mean we, we can we can we, we can we can look at the the marriage rates in addition to the divorce rates see the yes. correlation there see the correlation of the let's say the the modern women yes modern woman <laughs> you know activating those divorces they're they're the ones who are actively trying to leave but that's what 70 to 80 percent those women are older than us that's not even our generation of women that's women who's like Older than us. Mm. So like we don't even know what our generation is going to do. Our generation might be a whole 180 and be the generation that stays together because we understand how important it is because we waited so long to get married. Well, I, I guess you can look at it that way. But I feel like in looking at the stats that incorporates, you know, active live data. So it at any age. Mm-hmm. That's that's a possibility. So that's how I feel like they're they're establishing the results in these any type of these data collections because it's divorce. You know, what are the divorce statistics? Like Mm -hmm. who's initiating it type of thing, as opposed to, you know, what, you know, what age group? Okay. That's fair. Um, I am very curious to see what our statistics and our, whatever millennials, are we millennials? Yes. And I think it is also above 50%. So at least 60, if not 70 I feel like we got to kind of wait till we're like 45 or like 50. 
And that number could be higher. Or lower. Because people are just getting married now. Like those people who got married who are divorced now, they got married when they were young. Sure. So usually, typically, statistics say if you get married over 30, your chance of survival in marriage is greater than if you got married before 25 or something like that. So I'm very curious to see what our statistics are going to look like for our generation in like maybe 15 years from now. Hmm. Okay. But sidebar, I'm sorry, we went on such a tangent. Um, or I did at least. Um, but I definitely agree with number eight. That's a red flag. If a girl is uh, asking, num- num- that's the first one, number one. Oh, number. Oh, we're not going backwards, like from eight to one. No, nah, he's going from one to two, all the way up to nine. Oh, up to nine. Okay, so number one, red flag, fellas. <laughs> if a girl is asking you for money, she does not like you. Women do not ask men that they like for money up front. You are just a means to an end. An ATM. It's a quid pro quo. It's, hey, you get to hang out with me because I look this way and you look that way. But how we're going to make this work is you're going to give me money and I'm going to hang out with you and make you feel like a man that you want to feel like because it's a quid, quote, quid pro quo. If a woman likes you. She's not going to be asking you for nothing. She might just pay for you. She That might be one of the times where she pulls her wallet out or her, her card out and be like, you know what? It's okay, honey. I'll, do you want, me to, you want me to do the tip? Or do you want to go get dessert? I'll give you some ice cream. That's when a woman likes you. Not when she asking you for money, like, oh, you better give me this. Or it's a situation where if, I guess... She's expecting like an open relationship or she's expecting the drama. So she like, at least I can get my my $20,000 bag. Yeah, I definitely agree. So with that in mind, fellas, future son, future daughter, right? Hopefully God willing. Especially to the son, right? If you are courting her, these uh, these red flags are going to be essential especially the next one and (laughs) to close last point about if uh things that a girl will do if she actually likes you not just trying to extort you or (laughs) you know take advantage of you type of thing use you for your time right be a time time thought or thing like that or she's an attention thought and (laughs) things like that if she has the 90 day rule that's that's the next one. So here we go. 90 day rule is number two. Any kind of rule like this, in my opinion, the first time I hear a woman say she's got a 90 day rule, I'm out. The first time I hear a woman talk about this rule or any other kind of rule like that, I'm out. Just like the United States had a policy, we do not negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> Women can be emotional terrorists. I do not negotiate with them because if you give a mouse a cookie, it'll ask for a glass of milk. She has a 90 day rule that automatically implies to me that she thinks her vagina is gold, that it's something that that gum important that I have to work, strive and earn for. I don't work that hard for anything that doesn't benefit me. Her vagina ain't it. If you have these 90 day rules, go out and blame all these Steve Harvey type guys who told you guys this foolishness. That is man repellent. Rule on day one, (laughs) in the other 89 days, it'll be you playing with your cat by yourself. (laughs) Okay. 90 day rule. I've never heard it in person. I've heard about it. I just never uh, experienced it. That's what I could say about that. But to Kevin's point, I absolutely agree. It's not like 
I'm going to be sitting at home twiddling my thumbs for 90 days. I mean, potentially you could be dating other people, multiple other people in those 90 days. And by then, when you come back after that 90 days, you have a waiting list. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, you oh you meant the man. I thought you meant the, the woman could have a list of men. <laughs> I mean, some, some women do that because let's not forget. If women are born with that value in the dating market and men have to earn their value in the dating market, but once you become that guy, let's say in that top 20% who's dating 80% of the women, then you're experiencing that abu- that same abundance because of your value in the marketplace. So, okay. So I have a couple of thoughts about this 90-day rule. My personal experience that where I've heard this 90-day rule came from Steve Harvey. Think like a man, right? First of all, and I'm a, I'm just going to say this. Um, I never could understand why a woman would listen to Steve Harvey about dating advice. Uh, did you see those snappy suits? That's why. <laughs> Zoot suits. I just could not wrap my brain around it. And I'm just like, okay, I think initially it was really perplexing to me. Like, why would you listen to He's not an attractive man. You know, it's not like he's like Boris Kojo walking around with muscles telling you how to, you know, get a man that looks like him. He's just some random dude with a bald head and a mustache. You know, no disrespect to Steve Harvey and his personal professional career. But as a dating expert, I just never understood that. It just I couldn't wrap my brain around it. Fast forward, you know, with that extra level of um, experience, right? Me changing and under, getting more context to elevate my thought pattern is because he was telling women what they want to hear. And women love, love, love. We will spend so much money. We will just, we will give all our money away. All the money that we, we've earned because, you know, we boss bees and stuff. By the way, uh, the media absolutely knows this. Businesses know this. Of course. And they pander to you, unfortunately. Of course. And you... Eat it up like cake. Like cake, because you know why? We love to feel good. Women love to feel good even when they feel bad. And the worst, the worst they feel about they, and I'm just saying they as us collectively as women, major, I, I don't know if it's majority, but this is just what I've, I guess, noticed, observed, experienced. We like to feel good. We will go on a shopping spree with our last $20, you know, to make ourselves feel better with a new pair of shoes. We will listen to whoever tells us what we want to hear to just completely, I guess, propel that delusional state of it's okay. This too shall pass instead of dealing with what will actually work. Coping mechanisms. Coping mechanisms. And instead of drugs, you know, and alcohol, people, women prefer nice words. We are word driven people. I think that's the difference between men and women. I'm noticing Men are more action-based receivers of learning, and women are more uh, lingual-based. That's why a man could say, you know, the pimp. What is the pimp book? <laughs> Teach what is it? How to pimp a butterfly? No, that was the album. What's that book? It's a book that's for pimps, and he tell you how to say certain words to get women to do which what you want. It's manipulation. Oh, by Dom Magic Wand. <laughs> I'm over here quoting uh, Kendrick Lamar. Bishop Don Juan. So, long story short, we like to hear good words. So that's why women would follow Steve Harvey. And that's where these women 
are getting this whole reborn version thing. Let me be celibate with you yes. for 90 days to make you work for it. So the premise itself isn't necessarily off, right? It's just extreme. So like men, I mean, I've noticed, and this is what I would tell my daughter, is that, or our daughter, we, you can't be thirsty. Like you really can't be, and not in a sense of like, <sighs> You need to be a productive person in life. You need to have your own life. You need to have activities. You need to have interests. You need to have hobbies. You need to take care of yourself. And a, a red flag would be a woman who is just has nothing going on in her life. So that, I think, is the basis or the premise of why Steve Harvey's like, oh, just make him wait 30 days or whatever, 90 days to have sex. In reality... Most women I know who was doing that was busting it wide open. Allegedly. <laughs> nah, I mean, allegedly. I mean, I'm not. People was busting it wide open and then closing it for 90 days because they liked the dude. And it's like, girl, you just gave the other dude, all he had to do was buy you a chicken sandwich from Wendy's and it was busted wide open. And now you want to wait 90 days because they trying something new. So from that's from the female perspective. Now, if you're a woman and you actually have chastity and you are you are a virgin and you are this, you know, I guess very traditional valued woman, traditional base valued woman, then that makes sense that you wouldn't sleep with somebody in like for 90 days. But you know, most women aren't like that. So to trick a man into thinking you're like that, they will use the 90-day rule. And the reason why you probably never heard a woman say it out loud is because she's not going to say it to you. She's just going to do it. Like, I'm just not going to sleep with him for 90 days. Or she's just going to Nike it up. You never know. What's that mean? Just do it. <laughs> Duh, Chloe. But see, it's it's just about the chastity factor, right? Because it makes you think. The, so there's a basis behind it, but I feel like that 90-day rule thing is just super extreme. It's like a woman is going to sleep with the man that she wants to sleep with, period. It don't matter if it's a day. It doesn't matter if it's 20 days, 90 days, five years down the line. And she will go out of her way to do it. Yes. But on the other token of it, it's like if you're a dude, and you notice that she just she's really like, you know, making you wait 90 days just to make you wait 90 days. She's being fake. She's manipulating you. It's a manipulation tactic that doesn't really work. It worked in the beginning. But I think when men started catching on about it and they started hearing about it, that's when they was like, nah, you know, don't make her wait 90 days. You, you got to cut her off. <laughs> but that was after enough of y'all got got So it's like it, Y'all were a little delayed you know. I think it's the uh, <laughs> It's kind of how you were saying before How women today are more open about it So they have less shame about it Which is a, a key element right Yeah If they're shameless I mean where is the Where is the bar Is the bar Is it on the floor Is it below the floor If you have no shame There is no bar No it's no bar So <laughs> No cap. <laughs> and again, no no reality. So unfortunately, some women are so bold to even try to do this in their own social circle, right? So you'll have a you'll have someone who and I and I've seen this personally. You you'll have someone who allegedly. Allegedly, right? 
Thank you. You'll have someone who will try to, let's say, rebrand themselves Mm -hmm. in the marketplace when we all know how you were. So I was just like, why do you uh, have cognitive dissonance? And at at that point, it's like conscious cognitive dissonance because we both know I know better. We both know they know better. They know better. But if you was easy in, in college or whatever, then, you know, unless you, you know, move or find <laughs> new friends, everyone's already going to know about you type of thing. That's why that 90 day thing wasn't working. Like, wait, hold up. You, I know you gave it up to this person and this person at the same time on the same day. First day. Now, why are you making me wait 90 days? Thank you. So if you have a starting five <laughs> of people that, you know, confirmed smash and you out here acting new. Oh no! Now, now again, if you're, you know, if you're a, a born again version, we we understand uh, spiritually and religiously as a as a brother and sister in Christ, right? We mm-hmm. we we understand that journey. That's amazing. However, if everyone does know your past, that's you know, that's what's going on in, inside of you. Pun absolutely intended, but it's not. That's not the reality externally. Unfortunately, because of those decisions that you decided to make. And unfortunately, in society, not all women's choices are being held accountable to women, unfortunately. And this 90 day rule is another example of that. I would think I would say just to round this out. Be you. (laughs) Just be yourself. If you was busting it wide open, you chose to do that. Own it You know what I'm saying Just own it And the thing about it is The 90 day rule Fias Why he's saying That's a red flag Is because It's not you being Genuine to yourself Authentic Authentic There's a There's a person out there For everybody Essentially It might not be the person You want But they out there So it's like You gotta just own you. If you make If you make decisions You have to own up to it And you have to live Your life accordingly and the in in the results that you get from what you put out there, and the decisions you make, that's what you get stuck with. But the minute you start manipulating people with this whole ninety day thing, that's just one example. You're still not going to get the outcome that you want because it everything comes to light eventually. As a person who is obsessed with advertising and marketing, this is totally false advertising. False advertising. Definitely. That's the problem. Oh, and my last statement about that thing is, ladies, and this is just a sidebar for y'all. I'm not going to say it's 100%, but if you play that 90-day rule thing, please just be, just know, just know that there is definitely a chance that somebody else is busting it wide open yes, a, lot, a lot quicker than you are, and you might lose that man waiting 90 days. Shaboy! And if you're going to say your rebuttal is, well, if he ain't going to wait for me, he ain't the one. Okay. That's fair. You're absolutely right. He's not the one. So why even wait? Why wait 90 days? Like, what are you going to know in 90 days? If besides, I mean, you could take a, a test. I think that you should definitely get tested within, you know, before you sleep with somebody just to make sure. But other than that. <laughs> if he has options. That's enough. Don't call us. We'll call you. Thank you. And it's going down. And then you'll be mad when he walked down the aisle with that woman. Like, dang, I shouldn't wait 90 days. Steve Harvey, what's good? I need my refund. That's it. All right. <laughs> Number three is a bit controversial, but 
again, this is uh, this is advice that you would give your child and potentially ours, hopefully. She's a single mother. I'm not going to bash single mothers or anything like that. But bottom line, there used to be a time when a woman had a baby out of wedlock. It was few and far between. And there was some shame that went along with it enough to where they didn't keep going out and doing it over and over again. Now it's a badge of honor. You as a man are worth too much and too valuable. If you've got your head on straight, you're out doing your thing, working your business, taking care of your business, you should not be forced to pick from a crop of women who've already had another man's children. You should not have to go out here and fight the world, build such and so forth, to come home to a woman that you will at best be the fourth or fifth most important thing in her life. You deserve better than that. I am sorry, ladies, if you've had a child, that is your responsibility. Own it. And as far as I'm concerned, stay out of the dating scene until your kids are out of the house. You made the choice to have those children, especially if you did it outside of wedlock. If you made that choice, then you make the choice to wear that scarlet letter. It's not our problem, it's yours. Guys, do not date single mothers. Do it at your peril. Next, she's a strong... <laughs> Can I start? Sure. So, I think that there needs to be context said with this statement. <laughs> Fellas, if you are a single father... Yes. You can totally date a single mother. Yes. Um, this specific, and, uh, and that's the context that's never given when Kevin Samuels is speaking. It's like, oh, bash all single mothers. Like, no, he's speaking to a specific type of man who's in development, right? Who hasn't had any children. So you're saying that he, he should or not? If my, if our son is dating a woman with children, I would be like, whoa, what are you doing, buddy? Like, what's going on here? Because it's like. Unless he has children of his own because of his past, that's different. Or if he's divorced, that's different. But or if he has this, some people have a desire to, and this is probably very few men. I don't think, but I've heard this perspective is they have the desire to have that uh, that mentorship in a child because they had a stepfather. Um, who 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 helped them and and grew them? So it's more like a not a community service aspect, but a service to the community through mentoring and becoming someone's father, adoptive father, right? So some men have that mindset, which I've heard. Um, and this is just generally speaking, is that I I would not date a man that has children. Seriously, like as a as a potential person to get married. No, I can't. it's just too. it's not because of him because the person could be beautiful. They could be wonderful. They can have all these things. But it's just the things that come along with a child. Baby mama drama. Yeah, it's not even the kid. Like, I think if maybe if the person had a kid and then the parent was like deceased or something, I think that's a different story. Um, but a person who has an active uh, baby mother, baby father, child's parent, child's parents, family, co-parent, co-parent in the mix. For me specifically, it's just like I I'm not that uh open to that. I think I think with my personality, it just would not. I'm not open to that as a long term marriage. However, if I had children, my perspective might be different. 
But if I'm going to counsel someone who doesn't have any children and doesn't have any resources, I would advise them to not deal with anyone with a child because there's so much, many other things that come with that, that you just are not, a lot of people are just not prepared to deal with that at all. Like at all. And it's, you know, it it takes a special type of person because children are lovable. You're going to love those children. They are lovable creatures. And and sometimes the co-parent person might be a nice person. They might be in a nice co-parenting situation. But there's just too many unknown variables. And people are, people change. <laughs> people change like the wind. So I think the stakes are too high to go into a family that's already made. And like Kevin said, like you going to prepare yourself to be number four or number five, because let's face it, the baby mother is probably going to come first because she has his children or he, the baby father is going to come first because he has, he made the first child, especially if they were in a relationship together or even if they're not and the kid is sick, he got to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and go get the kid. It's just like, you just, if you step into that situation, you have to know that you are marrying him and his family. You are dealing with her and her family. So he also becomes a part of your family. It's like, um, like on the compound with sister wives, like, unless you're prepared to be a sister wife, I would not recommend dating a person with children, a man with children, unless you're ready to be a sister, I mean, a husband, brother whatever they're called, I wouldn't recommend that. That's fair advice. And I would have to stress it even more so for the, you know, potential future sons out there only because if you yourself do not have any children, right, then it's not your responsibility to take care of someone else's responsibility because you did not bring those children into the world the parents did so those are the parents responsibility and to be fair if you want to be a great parent typically your kids are going to be the most important thing to you which is great that's phenomenal however in building a relationship that's going to be incredibly hard Mm -hmm. typically when you're you know going out of your way to do stuff for others right for for the person who's who who you like or possibly love Right. And long term is not is really not something that you want to be involved in because of things like baby mama drama or baby father drama. Right. You don't know what type of toxic ex they could have. They could be in jail. Right. Which puts a different uh, pressure on you. You might have to start watching which way you go home. So to me, that's that is too much risk. Right. Of course, there are exceptions to the rule. But if we're giving general advice to apply in life, it's not the best option, especially considering your value in the marketplace. You, you haven't even, you know, actually see how high you can ascend. And you are, for lack of better words, picking an option that isn't your best possible option. And by the time you figure that out, it might be too late because in certain states, Uh, Speaking as the son of an attorney, right? In certain states, you can actually be be liable for child support if a child, even that is not your child, is living in your home for a certain amount of time. And let's be honest, people don't really know the laws of where they are. So that could literally be your reality. And 
you two, you all might break up. You and the girl, you and the baby mother might break up. But guess what? Because of how family court is structured and how it's not really favored to your rights as a man, typically you're going to be liable for uh, providing for that child, even though it's not yours. As outlandish as that seems, that is a reality in certain states. So long story short, you know, you can do what you want to do. (laughs) Nobody is going to say, oh, don't do this, don't do that. But, you know, just you got to know the whole picture. And you I'll, have to think about the whole picture, like not yeah. just look, not just oh my gosh, this person is so wonderful. I love them; they're the best person ever. But if only they didn't have this issue. It's like yo, they do have that issue, and that's something you do have to address. And that's something that before you even get serious with somebody, because there's always a part when you first meet somebody that it's, it can go either way. It's I can just ghost this person and not have any attachment to them. Or I can see what what more do they have to offer. So as soon as a person tells you, oh, my gosh, I have a, ch- a child, you have the decision right then and there to say, hmm, let me invest some more time in this person and actually get to know them and love them and like them. Or, uh, sorry, I can't, I, I just can't, I can't deal with that because you know yourself. Or maybe a person who don't, who wants to, who wants to have a pre-made family because maybe you don't want to have kids. There's different situations, but. Sure. I personally would say kids, even when, even in a relationship, I hear in marriage, just having kids changes things for most people. So imagine <laughs> you got kids. Okay. You got a relationship with someone that, and then you have a kid that's not yours. C being, that's the, <laughs> you know what that stands for? Blocking, right? Oh yeah. They blocking, they blocking the action. And then you got their parent blocking the action. It's just a lot of blockage. <laughs> and and they could be baby's kids. <laughs> it's a lot of blockage. But you know, it's just, it's people make decisions. But if you make that decision, I just say, be aware and be prepared and know what you're getting yourself into. And, and don't be delusional. Because if you choose to do it, just know what it comes with. Yeah. Be incredibly authentic. Just for me personally, I could never take, you know, a a single mother seriously only because my level of empathy. Right. Because I would feel bad for the kid once the relationship ended. Mm. Right. Because let's be honest, when you're initially courting, you know, long term, short term is not even on the table yet. You're figuring figuring out uh, you're figuring out each other. Right. And depending on the parent, some parents introduce kids sooner than others right there's always Mm going to be a different scale so it could be a legitimate inappropriate time for that to happen because you're not going to be around long term even if that's previously discussed we understand that sometimes ladies like to think with their emotions and they do not have a good grasp on reality even though it was previously stated before Mm. I don't know. It's sticky. It's a sticky situation. I I I just no. It's a no for me. All right, number four. She's a strong, independent woman. Strong, independent, fill in the blank woman. For me, 
You have three times to say that. I'm a strong, independent, blank woman. I'm a strong, independent, blank woman. I'm a strong, independent. Check, please. I'm gone. Anytime that comes out of their mouth, non-negotiable in the sentence, whether it's day one or day 300, because to me, that's an underlying issue that's waiting to burst through. A, a person who has to say I'm a strong, independent anything is none of the things she says. It's like if you find yourself having to come into your house saying, I'm the man of this house. You gotta say you're the man of the house, there's a problem. If you watch Game of Thrones when Joffrey says, I'm the king, and Tywin told him any, king, any man who has to say he's the king is not the king. Strong, independent, blank anything needs to be strong, independent, and alone. She believes that men and women are equals. So that's a coping mechanism. It's like it's it's just a coping mechanism. If you are, you know, you feel like you constantly have been abandoned, and no matter how much you, I guess, try to coexist with someone else, it just doesn't work. Eventually, you can adopt the phrase, "I'm a strong, independent woman." Because you got to tell yourself that so you don't cry yourself to sleep every night mm. because you're alone. Mm. And a lot of times, like I said, it's a coping mechanism or a defensive mechanism because you are, or these, I guess, people using this phrase are expecting to fail when it comes to co-relationships. So they have to tell themselves that they can deal with things alone and they're independent and they're proud of it. Right? Because if you keep telling yourself something long enough, you hope that you will believe it. Um, so for me, I definitely, definitely see that's a red flag. To me, as a guy, that represents that you are not a traditional woman, which is your choice. That's fine. That's fantastic. But because you're not a traditional woman, you are not only not going to get courtship, you are never going to be in the relationship category simply because you do not possess long-term or long-term partner or wife skills simply from, from that mindset. And that's this, uh, that's probably the biggest neon red flag in dating right now. So if you're going around saying this rhetoric, you're putting yourself in the bin. And I like how you said long-term partnership because how can you be in a partnership if you're independent? It's literally the opposite of a partnership. So if you're saying I'm an independent company, I don't need no mergers. Mm. I'm not merging with you, Apple. Mm. I don't need your sponsorship. I'm strong all by myself. I'm Walmart. I don't need. I don't need no Apple products. What's Target? I mean, what's Best Buy going to do? They're going to sell that Apple product. Like you, you can't, I feel like a lot of times we're trained these coping mechanisms and then we shout them from the rooftops, but they don't align with what we really want. Mm. Um, and it's, and then you just keep getting the opposite results and you're wondering why you got to keep saying I'm strong and independent. Cause you're, you're, you're saying that you want to be strong and you want to be independent and you don't need no man. Cause that's usually the. The next race that comes after that, I don't need no man. Mm. So if you're saying this stuff and you're giving that energy to the universe, it's going to give it right back. And I feel like as a man, I guess, dating and you hear that, 
I mean, as a woman, when I hear that, it bothers me. So mm. I can just imagine hearing it from a man and you sitting across the table and you got to pay the de- Matter of fact, if I was a dude and a woman said that to me, she paying for dinner. Yeesh. We at least going half season on this since you strong and independent. Now, there are ways to, I guess, convey that you are a person who has grit. Or that you're a person who is dedicated or passionate or a person who um, is 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 essentially resilient, right? And I feel like a lot of times women want to convey that, mm. <laughs> um, but it comes out in a way that is opposite of what they actually want to convey. Mm. So they don't get the results they're looking for. Like, I would push us as women to use better adjectives. Like, we're educated. We're the most educated group of women or people on this planet, statistically, mm-hmm. with degrees. So, you know, we don't need to say that. We, could, we can convey our feelings in other ways. And we can actually speak into existence what we want instead of the opposite of what we want. And then get mad when we don't get what we want. It's foolish to me. Like, it's... it's and it, it's... It's a phrase, so people just like to latch on to it. And it does make you feel better, right? Somebody dumps you like, man, I don't need, I'm showing independent. I don't need no man. And typically, <laughs> coping mechanisms are very empowering. That's why you cope with them, right? So if you're feeling low, you got to say these things to feel high, right? Feel better. And speaking as a former athlete and a lover of sports to all the other former athletes or current athletes and lover of sports out there, If you are part of a team, right, I played basketball, baseball, soccer, or football, as you would say, uh, abroad. If I'm on a team and I hear a a new teammate saying, I'm a, you know, I'm the, I'm the best player, not the best player in the world, but I'm a one man team or a one woman (laughs) team. You know what I mean? I'm Michael Jackson. Y'all are the, you know what I mean? Like you, you, you ain't David Ruffin. (laughs) You ain't David Ruffin. How are you going to build a team, right? Because long-term partnership or, you know, marriage, you guys are part of a team and each team has their role, mm-hmm. right? But if you're, if you're a selfish teammate straight out the gate, no one's going to pass you the ball, are nope. they? No one's going to look out for you. If you're a quarterback and you have that attitude, your line is going to let you get tackled every time. <laughs> so if you were like that at work, you could forget it. Yeah. So that that doesn't serve you in any <laughs> platitude. So why would you do that in the most intimate space you have in your life? That to me that doesn't make any sense. It's so weird. People say that on a date. Like I'm a strong independent black woman. I don't need no man. They put it on <laughs> I'm sure you can find it on on dating on Instagram. On seriously on on dating profiles. I'm sure people have that. Like Kevin said, they consider it a badge of honor. So they're 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 waving the flag. You know what? I, what also I think women interpret that phrase as, and I think most women interpret the phrase as this: who use it, mm. and they don't understand it's bad or it looked at bad. Is they don't need a man to support them financially. <laughs> I mean, that's that's great. Congratulations, you're a functioning adult, but, but you don't. I mean, okay. you don't get props for that. So let me give you context. So when we were growing up, it was always instilled in us that you don't want to be a burden on a man. Right. I get that. On a lot of women. Right. So I guess rhetoric that I heard growing up 
or like women my age would be like, oh, I don't want to be a gold digger. Like it was like a thing, like do not be in our community. I don't know about other communities. Well, other communities, I know what happens. But in our community, it was like, you don't want to be a gold digger. Like I, lo- I love you even if you don't have any money because it was like a bad thing to be a gold digger. So women are like, well, I'm going to get all the money. And then he can't say that I'm a gold digger because I have my own money. So then they be like, I'm strong and I'm independent. Meaning, you know, I don't need a man to support me. I think that's how it started. And then it, it, it kind of morphed into this, I don't need no man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it started with, like, I don't need you to support me. I need you to love me because I have the money here for us. But that emasculates, <laughs> that emasculates men, too. So it's like. Yeah, that says you don't need men. It says you don't need them. But, like, women kind of, it's weird because it's like when you say something and you have all intentions of saying one thing. And then they're hearing, I don't know, Chinese and you're speaking Spanish. Like you're trying to say some words translate differently to different people. Like cool can mean, oh, it's cold outside, I need a jacket, or it can mean, oh, that's cool. So we're saying one thing and men are interpreting it the other way. So it's like it's it's a very weird balance. So I think that's where it originated from. Um, cause we had this stigma about not being a gold digger. So it's like, yo, you could come to me, and that's all women wear as a badge of honor. Because you don't need to support me financially. I have everything. I just need your love. That's why you see a lot of women dating dudes in jail. Well, not the jail ones. Or broke dudes. And they, and then the dudes treat them all crazy. But they like, I pay for everything. And they don't, the dude don't respect them. Because mm. they leave them with their wallet. Because uh, <laughs> they strong and independent. From the, uh, <laughs> and they from, don't need them. <laughs> from the guy perspective, the way I saw it as, you know, we were developing minds, right? I saw the in the music, heard it in the music. Oh, scrubs! Scrubs. We don't need no scrubs. Who wants to scrub though? Or even <laughs> even the original, you know, hood ratchet type of music. Shout out to P work, right? Like a uh, Webby, I N D E N. She got her own. All yeah, them she songs. has her own because she doesn't need you to buy it for her. Right, right. But unfortunately, the <laughs> the indoctrination of that it's being presented as if it's a desirable trait from a high value man yes but it is not and even um that destiny child song all the ladies independent throw Mm. your hands about me yeah it was it was a badge of honor to be independent and i blame that on social media but we ain't had social media so i blame Uh, it on the industry (laughs) yeah the industry the media the media did it not social media but the media and then we socially where it got around back then y'all uh People, with the generation after us? Generation Y? They like, why did y'all do that? Because. Or Z. I think it's Z. <laughs> Z? I don't know where we at now. I think we're Y. I think Z is after us, yeah. But word got around. We didn't need TikTok and stuff. We Everybody just knew what it was. Word of mouth. But yeah. So I think that's where it originated from. And you hit the, head, the nail on the head. And it has morphed into... The whole coping mechanism where it's like, dang, I don't need nobody now. Like before I was independent, but now I don't need you too. <laughs> it's like an extra layer to that. And I do agree. If there's a guy out there saying, you know, I'm the man in the house, clearly you're not. You feel like you have to say that <laughs> in order to feel that, right? So it's the same concept if you're saying these things, right? If you're saying I'm worthy of courtship, clearly you are not. Because you demonstrate that by your actions and your lifestyle. That's what makes you eligible for courtship, not your words. It reminds me of a... 
one of your favorite shows and uh, Michael Scott screaming, <laughs> I, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> and Oscar comes up, hey, uh, Michael, that's not how that's not how that works. Right. <laughs> that That's what's happening to you, unfortunately. Right. <laughs> so when people are telling you the truth, we're not doing it to to trigger you, even though that's what it's doing. We're trying to help you get the result that you say you want. And, you know, sometimes yeah. I feel like people don't want to be helped. Oh, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. She don't want to be saved. Don't save her. She don't want to be saved. J. Cole, you know, he he knew what he was doing with that song. Like, I used to have Captain Save a Whole mentality. Like, let me save you. And he's like, you can't force people to be saved. I had to learn that the hard way. Mm. Like, you can't, what is it? You can lead a, a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Stay thirsty. Stay thirsty. Because the more you see other people thriving, the thirstier you going to get in the water right there. Mm. It's crazy. But, you know, it is what it is. Everybody here on this planet for their own purpose and to do what they want to do and live their life how they want to live it. And guess what? You, We all live with the, the what is it? Here are the consequences of my actions staring back at me today. Mm. <laughs> Nobody going to have to tell you. You're going to see it yourself. So it's like you got to just take what you want and leave the rest. But don't be mad at nobody but yourself. That's like we was watching Andor. I'm a geek, y'all. See the baby Yoda in the back? And long story short, this dude caused a lot of people to die because he didn't follow directions. And now he's building his, his origin story. For hate of everybody And it's like bro Hate yourself Don't hate everybody You're the person Who did this Nobody else mm. So yeah That's just my segue Absolutely Because <laughs> at the end of the day Right If uh, if a man's in a certain situation You know He's not going to have any You know Oh It wasn't his fault Da 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 he, That's the result of his decisions Right If I gained 20 pounds That's because I decided to Lay down Scarf down a bunch <laughs> of fries <laughs> Right, uh, <laughs> pop a couple beers. That's on me. Yeah, that, I'm. That's the result of my choices. So, the best option is to be aware of the truth and then make the obvious choice, or not. But mm. and then <laughs> deal with it. And then deal, with it. De- deal with the consequences <laughs> with and don't complain about it because no one wants to hear it. So. Nobody cares. <laughs> it's not that no one cares. We care. <laughs> Which is why we're doing this. We definitely care. <laughs> but we do not care to hear you're complaining after you complained before, you were given solutions, you did not follow those solutions. So after that point, it's done. YOLO. <laughs> All right, time for number five. Cinco. That men and women are equals. We are not equals. No male and female of any species on the planet are equal. We are different for a reason. I am not going to negotiate your role and my role. If you come into this saying that we're equal, we're automatically at loggerheads because you're not a woman in my opinion. You're a female. I don't date females. I date women. Just like the men will hear what I'm saying, the males will probably throw shade. If you want a woman that you're equal, you're really giving your manhood up and I can't help you. For the guys out there who are trying to hear me, equality is not what it's cracked up to be. Typically, women want equality when it benefits them and they want to be ladies when it suits them. I don't have time for all the back and forth because I'm trying to do what I'm doing. I'm leading. She's going to follow. There can't be two captains. Pick your poison. If you pick equality, you'll die a slow death. She's a big time. 
<laughs> this one's funny. Why is it funny? Okay, so there's two things that stood out to me. And the first thing is, as a woman, when I hear the word equal, I'm not thinking really equal. <laughs> and I feel like most women are thinking equal. Like, there's a, a nuanced uh, verbiage in there, a nuanced thought in there that everyone, it's a social contract, right? So it's like, yeah, we want equal pay. We want equal rights with our bodies. We want equal um, say or equal uh, space to speak our thoughts. We want respect. I think equality for women means a level of respect. I don't think it actually means being equal. Like, I feel like some people take that word to the extreme. Like, I don't know any woman who want to go outside and change a tire. I don't know any woman who want to pay for dinner. I don't know any woman who want to stand in lines or get into the club and have to pay the same price as a man. We don't want equality. We want respect <laughs> as, a, as a group of women. And I, I feel comfortable enough speaking for most women, um, especially the ones that, you know, are, I guess, in my ecosphere. Like, I don't know any women who are, like, jumping for joy to take the trash out or women who want to drive everywhere as a majority or women who want to do these non-traditional roles or gender swapping things, um, gender role swapping things. No, we don't want equality. We want respect. <laughs> we want, and when we think equal, we think equal suits what we want it to suit us. Like I would like to go, be able to go to work and be treated equal. Psych. Most women don't want to be treated equal at work. We want perks of being a woman at work. We just want the equal right to go to work. You feel me? Like who wants to give up the perk? That's like saying somebody who has all the perks Wants to give them up to be equal to someone who gets less perks. Because women, we get a lot of perks. We get things paid for. We get doors opened. We get, you know, rescued when things are going bad. We don't have to go to war. We can, you know, we can do a lot of things that men don't get the opportunity to do. So I really, really find it hard to believe that women want equality. I think we just want respect. So when Kevin say... You know, and I think he says it in jest because he, you know, he's an entertainer too. Um, red flag. I don't, I, I mean, as a man, is it a red flag? I, I can't speak on that. But I could speak on it from a female's point of view. Because if a man tells me he wanted to be equal, I'm going to be looking at him like he crazy. Hmm. That's, <laughs> I could definitely see that. And as Kevin alluded to, I don't think anywhere in nature... Is there any equality in the sexes of animals, right? So even in the uh, exception to the rule with, let's say, uh, spiders, right, where the where the female is bigger than the male, right, and then consumes the male after copulation, uh, that's th there's still no equality there. There's always going to be a, a head and a tail, mm -hmm. right? So that's what Kevin was saying in terms of the roles. Women have their roles in a relationship, as do men, and. They're typically expected and they typically lined up with your actual, you know, skill set mm -hmm. and desires if you're being completely authentic. Now, some people may not want gender roles and that's mm -hmm. that's your choice. Mm -hmm. However, again, this is for women who want a traditional outcome. 
So if you're, again, if you're not going to be a traditional woman, you're not going to get a traditional outcome. That means you're a modern woman, which is fine. That's your choice, but you need to change your expectations if you're not willing to fulfill traditional duties. And again, that's your choice, but there is no equality there regardless in the relationship simply because men and women have different roles. So I think also when women say equality, I think it's just lost in translation with men too. <laughs> oh, like women knees. I got you. Yeah. So like when we're saying equal, we want things to be equal. It means like you're doing the same amount of equal work that I'm doing. It's not like I'm doing everything. Like I've seen partnerships or relationships where there's one person, maybe the woman who's doing everything, paying the bills, the man sitting at home being a bum. She's out here paying the bills. She's taking care of the kids. She's, you know, taking care of the groceries, balancing the checkbook. Isn't that's not an equal situation? It's it's not equal. And then maybe for men too, there might be a man who's working all the time and his woman not doing anything at all. It's unequal. I think the word we should be looking for is balanced. Mm. I think that women, they, we want balance. And, and we, we would rather the balance to tip in our favor for things that we don't want to do versus, you know, things we do want to do. Selective morality. Yes, of course. Because women, I, I mean, we were raised that we have, we're fragile. We're, you know, we're, you know, people are going to kill me. The, woman, the woman's fear is going to kill me on this one. But whatever. I was raised on Disney. And Disney princesses were very, you know, we had to be rescued. What's wrong with being vulnerable? I feel like there's this sense of like changing women into this non-vulnerable thing. And it's like. Right. Turn to masculine. Masculine. And it's like, can we just live in our essence? Like we don't have to pretend to be something we're not. And not to say that all women are feminine or all women are masculine or whatever labels you want to put. But. People should be allowed to live in there where they want to be, right? And I feel like nowadays, if you're a feminine woman and you're very, you know, oh, I need to be rescued or I'm a damsel in distress, it's like you're shunned for it. Really? <laughs> yes, you're shunned for it. I don't consider myself to be a damsel in distress with most things because I feel like I have enough knowledge set to do things. But just because I know how to change a tire doesn't mean I want to change a tire. You do that for a break in case of emergency. <laughs> not, like, I feel like every woman should be knowledgeable about things just in case something happens to your man. Like, yeah, you should know how to do certain things, but that shouldn't be the first thing you do. Like, it's, it, it kills me if I see a woman outside changing a tire her man, in the rain and her man sitting in the car with the radio on and the heat. Like, that's crazy to me. But if we were talking about equality, that would be equality, right? <laughs> Sure would. <laughs> so I think. Got what you asked for. We should change the word to balanced. I think we should change the word to balanced based on strengths and needs. And I think balance is what all nature wants. Mm. Not just humans. Yin and yang. Yin and the yang. You feel me? Like Ain't no. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're equal, but they're balanced. They are. One comes before another as well. And they're both valued. And I think that's another thing about equal. I think women, when we say equal in womanese, 
it means that we are valued equally. Like not one person is more important than the other. I think that's where the equality phrase comes from. That's just my personal opinion. I could be wrong. I think probably some pers- some people are more valuable in different situations based upon our skill set, mm-hmm. based upon the roles. And sometimes certain roles are more valuable than other roles. So going back to the team, mm-hmm. if you are one of the best players, you're going to have more responsibility. <laughs> I like how you said that. I, for one, I don't want the responsibility on me. Like, oh, you want to be a role player, huh? I like to be the role player. Like, let me know. Oh, just sit in the corner and hit threes. Okay. Let me sit in the passenger seat and pick the music. Like, you can make sure we get there safe. You feel me? So it's like, even though I could drive, I don't feel like it. Even though I could be, you know, independent. I don't want to be independent. I'm chilling. Like, I know, I feel like people should stay in their lane. Mm. Until you need to be in the other lane Like you should always be knowledgeable Just in case You gotta break in case of emergency You got a fire extinguisher in the house You know where it's at You gotta plan evacuation plan To use in case of emergency You not <laughs> You know the fire's not going up on the stove a little bit And you pulling out the fire extinguisher You know just cause you know how <laughs> It's like you, you gotta You gotta you gotta assess the situation And you should be with someone competent enough and you should know their competencies in certain things. That 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 is the most important thing, I think. Like know your strengths, know your role, and understand where your weaknesses are, and find something that someone who is strong in the, in the, in those places where you're not as strong. The Josh says, "Know your role and shut your mouth." Jabroni. 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 Do you smell? What the Josh is cooking. <laughs> ha. Wait, what was the number? What did he say? What was the, I forgot I got on the tangent. What did he say? About. What were we talking? What number are we on? We were on five. Which was. Oh, e- equality. equality. You think you're equal. Yeah. Is it a red flag? Wait, so what, how would that look in, in, uh, in, um, application? Uh, going Dutch on the first date. 50 50 uh splitting the bill 50 50 so if a woman goes dutch with you as a man you're like oh that's the sleep she in the sleeping category of course which is great it's fantastic if that's what you're looking for hmm see and then we were told some some women were told in certain generations that like you know you shouldn't expect the man to pay for you because you don't know you're, you're being considerate if you pull your your uh your card out I mean, every, everyone knows that trick. There, there are people in, in social situations that do the old wallet trick. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll pay for that. Going extra slow. Ugh. Oh, you got it? Okay, great. We're going to be sitting there staring at each other. <laughs> be like, I feel like there was a meme like that, or maybe Dave Chappelle, somebody did a skit like that, and we, they were just looking at each other. <laughs> now, to be fair, I, I feel like there should be some context on paying for the first date because as we know some ladies would just use it as a free meal so if that's the case if if there is no legitimate interest (laughs) in dating right you don't you're not interested in me at all or like me at all then yeah we can go dutch that's that's another safeguard or you know you can be the one to go to the bathroom and not come back you know that's deep don't ever do that that's corny 
Don't ever, fellas, don't ever leave and not come back. That's no, no, oh no, but if you're there treating him as a as a, a free meal, then yeah. Nah, that's like you should be. I, well, my opinion is, be real. Like, come back to the table. Like, look, we're going to go half with on this because I just am not interested in you like I thought I was. And be real. Like, that's better to me than just leaving because she not going to learn anything from that. <laughs> right, but the in the situations you were leave, that means that there was you know open disrespect. And no regard for you as a person. That that's what you do in that situation. People do that. I mean, you have to. No, I meant like the disrespect. Like I don't know. I guess I haven't been on that many dates. I mean, I mean, uh, all right. But again, again, from a guy's perspective, if you're there, you know, really trying to get to know the person uh, and being and trying to initiate an engaging conversation, find out more about them, and the entire time they're just down on their phone texting and being like, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, okay. that's rude. That's very so, rude. So so in that aspect, and then order the most expensive thing on the menu. But see, okay, come on. Can now. I just say one thing that can prevent that from happening, fellas? First date, take her to Starbucks. The most expensive item on the menu is about twenty bucks. Like you should, I feel like before, and that's something that has changed from when we were growing up because I feel like things are, have gotten more expensive, right? And women have taken advantage of our liberties of, you know, having men take us out on these very expensive, exquisite dates. The Elaborate. First time. Elaborate. Lavish. Lavish. Yeah, right. But on you the know, first one, you must be crazy. Our first date was lavish. I mean, it was the museum. It was fun. I had a great time. But I'm just saying, I would tell our son, you know, if you want to take her on a date, take her to Starbucks. Take her to a coffee shop. Take her to, you know, somewhere that is not breaking your wallet. Because you don't want to be spending, investing money, your hard-earned money, on someone who's going to take it from you and not care about you. More importantly, your time and your energy, because you won't be able to get your time back. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I agree with that. But when we're young, we waste a lot of time doing stuff. And I feel like it's a Hail Mary in the dating scene at that age, if you're a dude, right? You just go on as many dates as you can. It's a numbers game. But you can't be spending a hundred time a hundred dollars every time you go on a date. And then the thing is, you'll know if you like somebody if someone likes you, if you say, Hey, let's go to Starbucks and they say, Okay, I'll meet you at Starbucks. Cause the average woman's gonna be like, uh uh-uh, uh, you need to take me out here. You need to buy me ten thousand dollar bag. You better take me over yeah, here to right. Ruth Chris. That's a red flag. Yeah, so right. you could test her by saying, hey, let me take you to Starbucks. And you know what's cool about Starbucks? It's no pressure. It's like if it doesn't work out, because I feel like women, we have a lot of pressure. To, women spend a lot of money getting ready for dates, to be honest. So it is time and investment on both of our parts because we got to get our hair done, our nails done, our, our new outfit, you know. So it's like, yeah, the man's paying for food, but I just spent $200 getting ready for the night. I mean, it depends because I, I feel like most women aren't going to get something for a, a new date. Depends on the woman and depends on the age. And <laughs> if he's never seen you before, all you really have to do is not wear an outfit that is on your social media and he hasn't seen you in the outfit. What's the big deal? Well... Now, to again, to your point, and as you can hear and how she articulated that and the tone of her voice, 
if she likes you, that's how that is how she's going to be thinking. Yes. Exactly. So take her to Starbucks first. Take her to, you know, ice cream. Let's go to the ice cream parlor. Get Let's tacos. Go. Not for no Taco Bell. No, if you nah. go to a taco restaurant, they could run up the bill on margaritas. Nah. Nah, if you go to like a, a, a food truck taco type of thing. Oh, food truck taco. Them food trucks are expensive. It'd be like six. You still want to pay $100. Nah. She gonna be like, let me get three steak tacos. Um, let me get extra guac. But, but at that point, you're taking <laughs> liberties. It's not really taking liberties though, because if someone invites me to go eat, I'm going to order what I want. Right, but tacos is not going to be that expensive wherever you go. Jersey City and them um trucks. Again, like ice cream, water ice. Set your budget. Set your budget. And I honestly, first encounter, I would I would not spend more than twenty dollars. By the way, the more money you spend. <laughs> Fellas, future sons out there, that's not going to be a, a an equitable return, right? Because just because you spend a lot of dough doesn't mean that, you know, coitus, you know, sexual relations that are consensual and enthusiastic is going to ensue. It's def- that's definitely true because I know people allegedly <laughs> going out on dates and spent like, and the man spent like $300 And they did not like to do that all It just went Because that's what women do You know when you're dating and you're young And you don't know any better And some man's like Oh let me take you to this exquisite restaurant Let me do this for you You're gonna be like alright Alright I'll, I'll see if I like him on a date Cause the date you know I feel like men expect that You taking this woman You spend this money So you can have sex later But women for the most part We're just going on a date To see if we like you Cause men are we- people are weird, and like a man could spend all this money on you, and he's a weirdo, and you're like peace out. And the dude like, oh man, then you go to Manosphere. He like, oh man, I spent four hundred dollars on this date, and this woman just ghosted me. Like yo, if I'm on this date with this weirdo, I'm ordering the most expensive thing on the menu because I wasted my time coming here. That is the perspective. Hmm. That's uh, that's very interesting. But at the same time, <laughs> that's a perspective. <laughs> that is totally a perspective. Like you never been on like a date with some weird person, and of course you're like, "Dag, I'm out here," and it's like you don't want to be rude. But at the same time, you're like, "I need to be rude because I just spent my time." But at the same coming here, at the same, and I could have been over there. Ladies typically know that it's on before the date, or if it's not on before the date, and the date. Isn't going to change that You already know So what happened is A woman can know that It's on before the date Right And then they get on the date And the dude's a weirdo That's fair And they do spend $300, $400 Because he knows he's a weirdo (laughs) He's Mm. like I know I'm a weirdo Let me spend this money You know And then she like all right, I'm going to spend your money I'm not going to I'm going to ghost you after this Cause you're a weirdo And I didn't know you was a weirdo Cause I wouldn't even been out here It's some women And I, this is a new thing for me I didn't realize it was like a thing Until I watched videos And maybe it's not a thing But there's some women who are like Nervous someone's gonna like Kidnap them on a date or something I And mean, carry if, like pepper spray Well yeah If uh, fear is being perpetuated In the media And as you alluded to Women are very strong with their emotions and they like to hear what they want to hear. So if you have that fear and that fear is constantly, you know, 
indoctrinated you and thinking that you're always in a situation where men are the predators and a majority of the men are the predators when it's really a, a minority. Yeah. And when you don't, when you focus on the majority and not the minority, then the minority get away with it. Yeah. So you need to spend all that energy and attention on the specific individuals and not cast that to a, a general basis of men worldwide, which is what is happening in the West and all Western countries, unfortunately. And statistically is not the case. Mm -hmm. And your fear is only, you know, making you hold on to your trauma, mm -hmm. which you may have mm -hmm. typically. And, you know, no one know what you've been through. We understand all that. Mm -hmm. But it's not other people's, you know, fault for your trauma. Right. So you're putting you're putting the blame on them preemptively. Strangers. Right. Who like we're, we're at a stage in society where if if a, a woman is texting. Right. And not looking and she's about to cross into the street and a bus is coming and a, a man can be like, hey, excuse me, miss. And she's like <laughs> all that nonsense. Right. <laughs> And then she and he's like, oh, no, 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 for real, for real. And he's like, excuse me, I have a boyfriend and keeps walking, keeps texting and get hit by the bus. Everyone's going to look at the man like, yo, why do you why didn't you try to save her? Which is ridiculous at the moment. But that's that's where we are. Right. And if he would have kept doing it or trying to like if he actually grabbed her, she would have said that's assault. You know, I think that part of me feels like it's a very minute number of women who feel like that, but it's just like on the internet and it's like these pockets of people who really believe that and it's just being indoctrinated into us. Like we were watching She-Hulk and it really bothered me mm. because it's like you're wearing these revealing clothes for attention with makeup and your hair and all these things and then you're mad when a man tries to talk to you. That's the whole point. Like, I, it bothers me when people say, oh, I'm just getting dressed up because I like the way I look. And it's like, yeah, you do like the way you look because you like the attention it garners. Because if you didn't like the attention it garners, you wouldn't be wearing that. And that goes for any type of look, gothic look, you know, whatever. Anything. People dress a certain way for artistic expression, but it's because you like the way it makes you feel when people react to you. So it, that's just a whole nother dark deep hole we can go through <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> yes and now we can go to next one number six okay she is a church girl hmm. hopefully this isn't blasphemous we'll see church girl i'm a christian i was born and raised in the church i attend regularly but big time church girls tend to come with big time church problems. There's no more hypocrisy in dating than in the church because unless she's a big time church girl and a virgin, you're already gonna have issues. Oftentimes, big time church girls try to use the Bible as a weapon against the men that they date to hold you biblically accountable for everything that it says a man should be, but yet not hold themselves biblically, morally, or ethically accountable to anything that it says a woman should be. They'll tend to take scriptures out of context, use biblical stories for their own selfish and manipulative ends, and hit you in a place to where you really can't defend your spirituality. That is the height of manipulative, deceptive, bad behavior. I don't roll with big time church Bible thumpers for these primary reasons. If it doesn't suit you, move on. But you know the kind of person I'm talking about. She's got lots of single girls. 
Okay, so as someone who did grow up in the church, I do think that that was my first time identifying the birth of modern women. I didn't obviously I didn't know it at the time, couldn't even conceptualize it to even observe it in real time, but going back in in my memories because what Kevin's saying is absolutely true because there are, there are a uh, an abundance of church girls, right? Who will it reminds me of, you know, modern women wanting to be treated traditional, but I'm like you're not even following that. So you're you're the walking contradiction. So it it was always so interesting to me to to see that. I was just like, why and from my my perspective, typically if I was courting someone like that or, you know, just talking to someone like that, it would be an excuse not to take things further or it would be an excuse to delay what I was really there for. And you could tell that they want to do it, but they like the attention that they get from not giving it up. And then that empowers them even more to keep doing it. It's very interesting. It's like a, it's like a twisted cycle. (laughs) So I think that a lot of people hide behind masks of things. Um, And you know, it's. I would say that the, what you're, what you were speaking about, that's not just in the church. I think that oh, women definitely. do that. Period. Um, however, what I do know about, and I personally did not grow up in the church. I, um, I guess I didn't not grow up in the church. My family's from the south, so like we would go to church on holidays. Um, but not like a, like my grandparents went to church, obviously. But we, I just no, I was very non secular growing up. So you'd be a heathen. In your <laughs> I'm eye. a heathen, allegedly. But like I was exposed to different religions, which was kind of cool. I went to Catholic school for a while, which was interesting. Um, and you know, I I visited other people's churches, blah blah blah. Well, I for one didn't have my experience internally in the church, but like as an external outsider. And it's funny because I've been in situations where people forget that they have a past and then they wave the Bible flag in the air. And they're born again virgins. (laughs) And it's like, I'm considered the heathen. I didn't do half the stuff these other people did, but they the ones Bible thumping. So that for me was is what I hear when I hear. That's my perspective of being outside of the church. It's like people like to have an image portrayed of themselves that's not necessarily consistent with values. Marketing and branding, yes. Yeah, marketing and branding. Um, But, you know, we know marketing and branding is not 100%. So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt. But I think that him saying this specific, I guess, red flag is just alluding to the fact of someone who is waving a a red flag in the air. Just like the last two, I guess, red flags. Like someone who's king is not going to come and say, I'm a king. You know, someone who's religious doesn't have to say they're religious. Their actions kind of do that. So if they're saying, hey, I'm religious... We can't do this. Okay, now, number seven, and this one should be very obvious, but it may not be to others. She has lots of single girlfriends. 
Girlfriends, do you ever see a pack of animals roaming a neighborhood? There's always a lead animal and the ones that roam. It's all a bad situation. It's a game. Single women who hang out with other single women sit around and talk about single women stuff and it's typically a lot about man bashing. Cause just like most women, anytime they break up, it's never their fault. Never They, they never take accountability. Everyone they broke up with is a jerk. So if you start dating this woman who's hanging out with a lot of single girls, she's gonna go back to her friends and everything that happens good over here, you're gonna be getting undermined with over here. She's got a lot of single girlfriends that she hangs out with or a lot of single girlfriends, period. Peace, two fingers. You can't win because there's strength in numbers and female foolishness is at an all time high and we don't need to deal with it. Avoid women that got a lot of single friends. And another thing, women that have a lot of single friends don't typically hang out with women who are in relationships or married because they themselves don't know how to be. They know single. Let them stay single. She comes from a long. Okay. How do you feel about that as a woman, Chloe? Uh, is it a red flag if a person has a lot of friends? You got to specify that. So, like, I always, I mean, I don't know how it is to have a whole bunch of friends. Um, you mean single friends? Just friends, period. Is it like, does he mean a lot? Like, meaning, like, out of your two he's, friends? He's saying specifically single friends. No, I mean, out of your two friends, they're all single. Or out of your, like, 50 friends, they're all single. Like, is there a difference? Well, if you have two friends and they're both single, the concept still applies. I think it's different. I Like, I... I feel like it could be a red flag if you have a whole bunch of single friends. It's just like it would be like if you find a guy who has a whole bunch of single friends. Clearly, it means that they're in their, I guess, era of singleness together. I think a real world example, and only because I watched like one or two episodes, because I was forced, coerced in my youth. Have you ever seen Sex in the City? Yes. Isn't one of the char main characters married? Yes. But yeah, she still hangs out with thoughts. Well, two of them are married. <laughs> they were all thoughts, though. I think. Well, no, one of them wasn't. The one who was married. But she was very strong-minded, if I recall. I didn't really. I didn't get into that series that much, but it was like a dynamic of different women. So, like, two. Of them, one was like an outward thought. One was a thought looking for love. The other one was like confused, and then she was like the goody goody two shoes one. Right, but typically birds of a feather. That's the concept he's getting at. Birds of a feather flock together. So if she's hanging out as a, <sighs> was it Jay-Z said, and is that your chick in one of his verses, one of the lost verses, hanging out with chicks who we swallowing. Ooh. Hey, do you, <laughs> honestly, do you think that's, uh, those are, if you're a, if you're a collection of your five closest people and all of them are single, then you, all their single, as Kevin is alluding to, all their single habits that's keeping them single is going to rub off on you. And then you're going to get indoctrinated from your social network to think a certain way. And that's going to mess up your relationship. I think that. Um, In addition to being a thought, because typically thoughts roll together. So Yeah, I, I would say that thoughts do roll together. Um, it, unless there's an exception to the rule. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, I think that um, 
it just depends on where you are in life, right? They always say, like, married women shouldn't hang out with single people because you're just at different stages in your life. And your friends are the people who give you the most advice. So if you are in the stage of your life that you having fun and you chilling and hanging, of course, it's cool to have single friends. Um, if you're a man who's looking for a woman who to be serious with, you probably would not have your best option with a woman who's surrounded by single people. I agree with that. Um, but if you're a man who wants to have fun, why not? <laughs> well, of course. But at the same time, typically, the let's say the uh, the pack of single ladies, if you will, will talk the woman into doing things that is inauthentic to her. Yeah, women give bad advice, y'all. On I feel like on the a worst. I feel like we give <laughs> we give good advice for feeling better, <laughs> but not good advice for doing better. Um, most of the time, and I feel like with women, a lot of times I can understand what he's saying because a lot of times women are jealous of other women who are in a relationship and they're not. And another thing is you're jealous. They're jealous because they might not be ready to be in a relationship. And then this guy comes along and takes their best friend or their going out buddy away from them. So they can't find anybody to be with. So they're mad. And so they're going to do anything they can to make her single again because it takes away from her fun. So I do agree with Kevin in saying that if you're a man and you want to be serious with someone, um, it's probably best that you don't deal with someone who's in a relationship, friendship, I should say, with a bunch of girls who are single because they're going to be hating. And anything you do, even if you don't do anything, they're going to be putting those little seeds of uh, deception in her ear. Two cents of doubt. Or, you know, who knows? Like, women are weird. We have we have weird tendencies and... Uh, and then, you know, do things, uh, take, you know, take shots at your, your significant other. If you're venting to these people, that's even worse about your relationship. You could see how they would steer you the wrong way. Or the right way. And that's the crazy part. It's a 50-50, right? Because I feel like sometimes women try to empower their their friend. By delusion. Not necessarily. Some Some women, I think you're speaking maybe from one perspective, that definitely happens. I mean, but the other perspective is a woman, all the girlfriends see he crazy and you trying to tell your girlfriend he crazy or whatever, fill in the blank of adjective. That's not, you know, align with what you want. And a girlfriend's delusional, but at the same time, it's like, it can go either way. But if you're with single people, most likely they're going to exemplify the things that he's doing wrong because they want you back. To have fun with Because you were the fun one Right out in the streets again Yeah like You know some, Things work when you go out You need a certain number Of people to go out with Now if y'all were Going out group of four And now it's three It's gonna feel weird Or if you're going out Group of two And now there's one You can't go anywhere You're gonna go out With people who are corny So there's that like Selfish I guess um, Incentive In the girl group To want to You know Rein her back in Especially if they're jealous or they want to have fun for selfish reasons. Now, keeping that in mind, I'm going to quickly transition to number eight because <laughs> I think they are incredibly related. Kevin did this very wisely. She comes, excuse me, she comes from single women and her family. Online is single mothers. 
aunts and cousins. My ex-wife hit this to the mold. I loved that woman. She was fine as frog's hair, but when I went her family, 13 of the most beautiful women I have seen in one family, 11 of them were single. And I got to know why. Because they all had that same strong, independent, blank woman strength. They all had that quintessential attitude, dysfunctional group of harpies if I ever met them. Nice enough people when you meet them one-on-one, -on -one, but if you have a long line of single mothers, aunts, and cousins, you have generational curses, problems, and things in that family. It will rear its head sooner or later. You don't want to be around either way. The downside is this woman typically has really good sex games. So think with your big head, not with your little one. Look at the chips on the board and adjust accordingly. Don't even let yourself get sucked in. Ask some questions. Figure out what her family life is like, her family history. You're interviewing her for a job inside the corporation of you. You're the CEO. Why are you gonna bring in somebody who's gonna embezzle from the company, <laughs> sell your secrets, and leave you in bankruptcy? And lastly, she's got it. Hmm. I mean, if we're talking statistics, it only makes sense what he's saying. Like, if you're raised around, it, you are who you are around. That's why they say birds of feathers flock together. Additionally, right, feathers of birds, did I say that right? Birds of a feather flock together. Additionally, similar to how typically if you're raised by your parents to be a certain party, let's say Democrat or Republican or independent, statistically, you tend to adopt their same beliefs. So mm -hmm. this also is the case in dating. So if there's a certain contempt for men and a certain household and it's all women, then that's going to transfer to you potentially unless you <laughs> see the light or see objectively and are not uh, too indoctrinated into this ideology. Hmm. You are where you come from sometimes. Like you're, you are your, you are a culmination of your experiences. So if that's all you're exposed to, that's all you're going to be able to give out. That's all I have to say on that. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And finally, number nine. <laughs> Had a history of broken relationships, mm. especially if she's an eight, nine, or a 10. Mm. Eights, nines, and tens, <laughs> every one of their exes were all jerks and buttholes. I've never ever met a woman who's upfront about their relationships in the past and say, you know what, I messed that up. I cheated on him, I hurt him, I did this such and so. It's always something was wrong with every guy from high school to college to lifetime, from lifetime to college <laughs> to high school to junior high to elementary. Each and every boyfriend or guy they've dated along the line was always something wrong with the men. Guys, step back from this for a second. Ask yourself, the only common denominator in all of her situations was her. If there's always a something wrong with everyone and it's not her, it's gonna be you in a minute. Avoid this kind of woman at all costs because all she knows is how to break up. All she knows how to be is in dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> You're not going to come in and fix her. You're not going to come in and save her. Save yourself. Avoid her up front. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I definitely have to agree with that and actually bring up one of uh, his previous red flags. I think it was number three, which was to not date single mothers. 
So if you're dating a single mother and she has a history of broken relationships and she's the common denominator, that means she has a a history, uh, essentially a Carfax of making bad and poor decisions if all or most of her significant others, previous significant others, are jerks, a-holes, toxic, right? So this is another reason why that you don't, don't want to date single mothers, but also, and not again, not saying that all single mothers are toxic or anything like that. However, this is a reason why. It's a potential reason why, because you're assessing risk. Because at the end of the day, it is your life, right? So if you're making these decisions to be with certain people, you should at least know all the facts so you can make the right decision. And if there's a history of broken relationships and she's not only telling you about it, you could also be in the friend zone because typically you're not going to do that with a guy in the friend zone. You're not going to tell that to a guy <laughs> that you actually like. So if you're hearing that, <laughs> you, you might be in the friend zone and not know it, right? You might be, she might be using you as the, the, uh, the gay best friend, right? Where she doesn't view you sexually at all. You're just a man that, you know, she can vent to, which is a completely waste of your time. <laughs> that was such a mean answer. For real. Um, I think that the first step is acknowledging I think as a woman because you know people have relationships that were with people that they attracted who might not have been the kindest people or the smartest people or the nicest people or you know responsible people whatever insert negative quality here Um, but I think that one thing that he didn't mention was context about the woman's acknowledgement of that, right? Mm. Like you have to acknowledge the fact that I was attracting these, these, cause I, I do believe that people have had situations where every one of their exes was crazy or something. Cause that was where they were in that space. And that's the type of people they were attracting. Um, and I think the problem comes into play when people aren't accountable for their role in being in those type of relationships. And I think that comes with growth. Um, so I think I would add a caveat to what Kev's saying is that if you're with a woman who says they were not the problem or you're with a woman who lacks accountability of why she was in those type of relationships, definitely a red flag. Um, the same if you see a man and, you know, he got a trail of bodies behind him uh, or relationships and, you know, it's never what he did wrong. That's just a red flag. Like, I feel like if, once you come to a space where you can acknowledge your part in in that relationship and your toxicity and, you know, your lack of awareness or your lack of confidence or your lack of whatever, which caused you to be in those <laughs> situations, I think that that's the most important thing um, is, is self-actualization and self-reflection and people aren't perfect and you learn through experiences right like I think life's greatest teacher is to give you things you don't want um so that you understand what you do want and what you do deserve but you also have to be accountable for your actions and that comes together so I think if someone doesn't have those two things to balance it out it could be very toxic and they can they can drag those traits into the next situation and turn that person and that relationship to something super toxic, especially if you're not acknowledging 
the toxicity. <laughs> like, like if you know something's toxic, you can take that, the, you know, the ample steps to acknowledge it in the moment, in the present and fix it. But if you just ignore it and you just keep going, it, you know, you, a lot of people find themselves in the same situation with different people. Life will teach you a lesson. If you don't learn it, you will just repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it until um, you come to a space where it's the same exact person, but just a different face. Mm. And that's just a sign that, you know, you're the common denominator. And I think that's what he hit on the saying. You're the common denominator. Like you're the only per you are in control of the people who you allow in your space and when you allow those type of toxic situations in your space, it's just a reflection of who you are. So I think that with the growth, it comes uh, a change of scenery <laughs> and a change of partner. Right. I mean, you know, anyone who's been listening to me, and thank you for listening to any of my podcasts for the past couple of years, you know I'm a big proponent on personal responsibility, number one, but also number two, Self-awareness. Mm -hmm. Come on, ladies. <laughs> Self-awareness is sexy. Self-awareness is the new sexy. If you're unaware that you're the issue, that that is not attractive at all. And you could be in situations where you might like a guy, you might think you're vibing a lot, but depending on his level of experience with, unfortunately, girls like you, it's, not go it's never going to be long-term because you have a history of having broken relationships where you are the victim, right? So mm -hmm. you, you are a, a priestess on the altar of victimhood. You're chicken little. The sky is falling every <laughs> single time, and it's not your fault. So until you look at that woman in the mirror and make mm -hmm. that change, you're always going to have the same outcome until men don't want you anymore anyway. And then you're going to have to have a coping mechanism like being the crazy cat lady, so. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting dynamic. I think that uh, I would say the summary of these nine red flags is self accountability, <laughs> self awareness, um, therapy, therapy. Yes, for sure. Um, in honesty, which is self lack of delusion, uh, a strong support network of people who can you know counsel you tell you the truth keep it a buck with yeah, you yeah keep it a hundred and you know accept the truths the hard truths those are the ones that's going to help you and push you to grow you don't grow in your comfort zone like you always grow when there's a need and i feel like a lot of times we feel like we're okay we don't need to we don't need to dive into that we don't need to be better we could be better without opening pandora's box per se um and I think that these nine, these nine red flags are real. I mean, there's probably more out there. <laughs> but, sure. Um, but, you know, I would definitely give this advice to our son and daughter, our daughter, you know, from a female perspective. Because I, I feel like even though this is geared towards men, and I made that preface before we started, uh, a lot of this can be applied to just people. These are just people red flags um, in a sense. Be real. If you see somebody capping, waving, you know, a red flag, like I'm this person and I'm this and I'm that. It's like, all right, why you guys say that? Let me just see what your actions. Yeah, that's true. I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that it's best for 
everyone to be self-aware because, you know, it's kind of like you're not aware that you smell publicly. Mm-hmm. Like, like certain people who care about their hygiene, right, go out of the way to make sure they don't stink, right? Mm-hmm. They don't have a, an, an old air, right? <laughs> but some oh, people yeah. are completely oblivious to it. Maybe they're nose deaf. I don't know. But sometimes you are the repugnant smell in mm-hmm. the in the relationship and until you realize like oh i i gotta wash myself type of thing and mm-hmm. you you understand the metaphor i'm trying to make <laughs> it's time for you to uh to bathe yes and in dating self-awareness is key for men like if you see the rest if you see the red signals and the red flags i feel like people don't know the red flags maybe or don't care well, they don't care, you know, people, like I said in the beginning, people are there for their motives and people have separate motives, different motives. So you just don't know. Um, but they, if you have a specific motive, and I think what Kevin was alluding to, Mr. Samuels was alluding to was um, being in a serious relationship with the woman. Um, this is how you screen. Yeah, this is the, this is the pre-screen. This is how you identify women who are worth courting. Yes. Before you go out and spend three hundred dollars at, you know. But also, you might not learn these things like about her family or whoever mm-hmm. until deeper into the relationship or the talking or the dating or whatever, and then that'll be a red flag. Like, oh, I didn't see this initially, but you know, uh, that that's going to be a potential issue <laughs> because, again, when we're when we're dating each other, when we're courting, you're always going to give your best foot forward. You're always going to, you know, hide you know, your, your, your flaws. That's, that's how we are. It's marketing. It's branding. If you look at people's IG, you're only seeing the highlights. It's yeah, not, it's, the highlight room. it's not their actual life. So <laughs> that has been, unless you me. Oh, okay. And <laughs> that transfers in the, in the dating space. So when you, when you figure that out, it's, it's more important to be authentic, be upfront, be transparent, because if you're, if you're transparent, and you're, that person values the transparency, then you're going to be in a better situation. Be you. Don't be capping for the gram. Like, don't be capping on these dates unless, you know. It's just, honestly, I think it's better to be real up front because you could just sift people out immediately. And I do appreciate even the creepers that I have encountered. At least they were creepers the first day. Could you imagine dealing with somebody, and this has happened to people, you deal with somebody and then the craziness comes out later on, you're like, dang, I already invested all this money and this time. And I feel like that's what a lot of people, what happens, like you just said, you might not meet their family or know their these red flags till later on. Mm. Get them red flags out in the open ASAP. Pull them out if you have to. Ask the hard questions before you start liking the person because when you start liking the person or after sex is involved and maybe it's really good and you just got the rose-colored blinds on, rose-colored glasses on, you're not even going to be looking. Them them red flags going to look really nice. It's going to be like, oh, we had six flags. Those ain't red flags. (laughs) It's great adventure time. (laughs) And, you know, at the same time, I think the brilliance of these nine red flags from Kevin and rest of power. Once again, Kevin Samuels, brother Kevin Samuels, they are typically, 
they come together in, a, in bunches, these specific nine, they tend to overlap. You're not going to just have one. You're going to have multiple, which is why it's red flags, plural. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you, you may not get all nine, but you <laughs> might get between three to six. So all at once. Right. Run. Or in stages. You never know. Listen, people cray cray. You got to ask questions. You got to meet family members. Like, ask the hard questions early. We actually, I think that that actually builds a stronger relationship. Um, I feel like when we started courting, we asked, courting. (laughs) We asked a lot of questions in the beginning, like meaningful questions. It wasn't like Mm. superficial, like, oh, what's your favorite color? Like, stuff you asked me in middle school. Mm. What's your favorite color? Oh, what do you like to listen to in the music? Like, it was. in college, what's your major? Yeah, like, what's your major? Would you, would you like to, you know, what's your favorite restaurant? Just silly, superficial stuff. Like, we, you asked me some real deep questions. But that's in the beginning. Josh. Yeah, of course. But that's me, too, because I was asking you the questions. Well, apparently, if it's glitter, it's you. And <laughs> IG is real, apparently, too. It is, though. That's one thing I try to make sure is my Instagram's authentic. Because it's like, I don't want people thinking I'm out here living a life I'm not. You feel me? Like, you're not going to see me posting that I'm in Jamaica while I'm really sitting in New Jersey in my in my bedroom. Like, I'll never do that. I promise y'all. Well, I mean, there's a difference because <laughs> in terms of, you know, personal branding and whatnot, you can reminisce like a, a throwback Thursday or flashback yes. Friday. And it, as long as you disclose yes. it's a, a previous trip and you don't yes. allude to that it's oh I, I was just here or I'm here now Drake made a yeah. whole song about it like we don't do that you did be, he really yeah it was I forgot the, uh, don't quote me I forgot the lyric but it was like come on was, Drake scholar let's go you know I haven't listened to Drake in a while I've been listening to my inspirational playlist well he's on there a couple of songs hmm. I have this playlist is my manifestation playlist um it's pretty dope I'll share that with y'all on Spotify but yeah, I, I listen to that every morning to get my day started. Hmm. Okay. But yeah, uh, long story short is watch out for those red flags, gentlemen. Oh, and we never talked about oh, what? the biggest red flag, which is if you haven't liked, comment, or subscribed, <laughs> that's a red flag. What are you guys doing? That's so toxic. Come on. I thought you were going to say something way different. Oh, you thought I was going to go deep, huh? No, I thought you was going to be like, if they have a ring on their finger, it's a red flag. (laughs) Isn't that obvious? Is it? In 2022? It depends what you're looking for, though, right? Listen, red flag. Because you might end up, you know, people crazy. You don't mess with nobody, husband or wife. People are crazy. True. All right, little guys. (laughs) Thanks for watching and listening. (laughs) Make sure you follow the podcast, subscribe to the channel. We appreciate you for rocking with us, watching and listening, and we'll see you soon. Peace out.